0: That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Hey, so we know there's a lot of jazz standards out there to learn, and sometimes we wonder which ones should we be learning to be able to play with other musicians or play at jam sessions or even play at gigs. And so it can be really helpful to understand what the categories are that we need to be focusing on, the subgenres of jazz that will come up time and time again as far as tunes being called in public settings. So, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about seven categories of songs that you need to be learning for jazz. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We musicians just like you learn how to play jazz, all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we are talking about... I guess, organization in a way, like how do we simplify the process of learning jazz in the sense of what songs do we actually need to be learning? And again, there are so many jazz standards out there, and we know that we need to learn jazz standards, A, to learn the genre of jazz, to get better at playing jazz solos. But also, of course, if we want to play with other musicians. And there are many ways to go about it, right? You could just go to a public jam session you want to play at and kind of figure out what tunes are they doing. But in the end, it can be really helpful to have these categories, these seven categories we're going to talk about today, to understand what the important subgenres of jazz are that you need to be focusing on and make sure that you know some repertoire from each one of these categories. And in our Inner Circle membership, if you're one of our members, you'll know that one of the main things that we do In well, the main thing we we do in the inner circle is we learn one new jazz standard a month. And sometimes people ask us, "How do you make the decision of which jazz standard we're going to focus on from month to month?" And there are different factors, such as you know what was the one we studied before, like making sure we're not doing uh, one in a similar key, right? For example, would be one thought process that goes into it. Um, You know, maybe if we've done a a more challenging song, we'll go for an easier song the next time. But certainly. One of the decisions that we're always making is, hey, which one of these seven categories do we need to focus on now? How are we making sure that our members are learning songs from each one of these seven categories so that they're equipped with all the different facets and experiences that they need to improve on in jazz? So let's go ahead and start with the very first category, which is blues. So number one is the blues. Blues is a really important category of tunes to learn. You're going to have to learn, you're going to have to play a lot of blues tunes. They're just a common, it's one of the most common song forms in jazz. So you want to learn jazz blues heads such as this one. madness and you want to know the chords too right one four one four sharp four diminished one six two five one that's a basic blues form but there are variations of the blues you know depending on what song it is right so freddie freeloader a little bit different right it's like goes one four lots of one four but then eventually it goes to this backdoor dominant this a flat seven back to the one so there's slight variations of these chord progressions and so you want to know a lot of blues heads so what i would do if i were you is is take stock of that like hey what blues heads do i know i would definitely have at least five blues heads in your arsenal and i would also recommend making sure that you can play the blues in more than one key and so the common keys for blues and jazz are f Okay. C, B flat, G. I would say those are the most common keys that you find the blues in. That being said, there are blueses in other keys. For example, E flat is one, right? That's Sandu by Clifford Brown. Uh, We studied that one in our inner circle membership. That was a fun month. So, you want to be able to play in different keys because you're certainly going to have to do that that's why we actually have a course in our inner circle membership called jazz blues accelerator where we take the blues through all 12 keys because having mastery of this form in different keys is kind of going to bleed into the rest of your jazz playing it's just going to be a really helpful tool but yeah at least at least having those keys so f c b flat Uh, Did I say F already? Yeah, F. And then G, right? Those are the main ones that I would say you need to focus on for the blues. So look at that. Look at how many blues heads that you know and start filling in the gaps there. Category number two is rhythm changes, okay? So rhythm changes is, I guess, what I would call the second most important song form in jazz. And rhythm changes is based off of George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm. But basically, jazz musicians, especially bebop jazz musicians, took the same chord changes, which is you know basically one six two five three six two five one four sharp four diminished one six two five. That's one a section of rhythm changes, and then the bridge is like a cycle of four. So it goes to this. I'm doing this with the key of B flat. So this is a D seven, um, which you can think of as you know, a dominant major third to B-flat. Then it goes to a G7, a C7, an F7, right? So it's a really important song form, and there's a bunch of different heads to learn. So for example, Olio. Right, that's one. You want to learn a bunch of those heads. Uh, and, and when I say a bunch, like five would be a good number of rhythm changes heads to have in your arsenal. And, you know, Olio would be a good one. Anthropology would be a good one. Rhythmining would be a good one. Maybe a simpler one, like Lester Leaps In would be a good one. Maybe you just want to learn I Got Rhythm. I don't necessarily find personally that a lot of people actually call I Got Rhythm in a jam session setting. However... Um, it is a good one still to know it's a good melody to know that there's a couple changes uh, differences in the chord changes i think at the end so all that to keep in mind so rhythm changes is just really important it's a little bit more of a complex song form right there's it's there's 32 bars right there's more going on there It tends to go by fast the changes tend to go by fast but really if you think about rhythm changes it's just this big study of one six two five so it's all about just getting good at the one six two five which by the way is a chord progression that comes up in a bunch of other jazz standards and even in the blues and in the jazz blues anyways so it's a good one to do it, you're again like if we're just talking about playing with other musicians, which is kind of like the end goal for most of us playing jazz, then 100% it's going to be like a non negotiable. You're going to have to learn how to play rhythm changes, right? Um, now, rhythm changes, like I did say, it's one of the most important jazz song forms. Now, this one isn't as important to take into all 12 keys or to know in a bunch of different keys. Um, and that's just because you're not often going to find rhythm changes that are outside of B-flat, right? Oftentimes, rhythm changes, tunes, for whatever reason, by the way, I'm not actually quite sure why, are always in the key of B-flat. Now, sometimes I see them in F major, right? So that happens. Um, I'm thinking of one, it's a little bit more obscure. It's called Apple Jump. Uh, It's from a Dexter album, uh, Dexter album. A Dexter Gordon album is what I meant to say um, called uh, Biting the Apple, I think is what it's called. And it's on that a- album. It's a great tune, by the way, and amazing solo to study of Dexter's if you're interested. So rhythm changes to me is more like really focus on B-flat. There's enough challenges to exploring that one key of rhythm changes. So it's totally fine. Um, and just really getting inside of of those changes and, and learning that stuff. Again, we have like a course in our inner circle membership called Rhythm Changes Accelerator that focuses basically on getting inside of navigating these changes, especially because it can be a little tricky when rhythm changes tunes are often played at faster tempos and those chords are going by a little faster. So having strategies for navigating those is pretty important. So that's number two, that's rhythm changes. Okay, category number three is called Great American Songbook. Okay, Great American Songbook. And there are a lot of jazz standards that are in this category. A lot of jazz standards in this category so think anything frank sinatra all of me um you know the nearness of you um what's another like just a lot of the swing era tunes um we would call them great american songbook and great american songbook by the way these are tunes that are usually based off of old film or broadway shows But there are exceptions to that where, for example, um, a composition by Duke Ellington, like Satin Doll, for example, will be considered great American songbook tunes, right? So, we want to be able to know a handful, actually, I wouldn't even say like five, like we need to know like at least 10 of these tunes in my opinion the great american songbook tunes at least 10 because these are kind of the bulk these are kind of the bulk of the tunes um that you need to know and yes so you just need to know them so for example so for example a really important one to know would be all the things you are (laughs) good one to know and my shining hour would be another good one it could happen to you would be another good one Uh, i think i said satin doll would be a good one of course there's all the things you are uh, sorry i said that one right autumn leaves would be um a good one east of the sun west of the moon would be a good one that's one we recently studied in the inner circle um and so knowing a lot of those tunes is going to be important because they're very common jazz standards to be called so Great American Songbook, again, the way you know their Great American Songbook is were they based off of old film, Broadway shows, and, you know, for example, were they kind of more swing era tunes like Duke Ellington compositions are often considered Great American Songbook tunes, right? And they're they're usually very essential, like essential jazz standards you need to know. So those are good to make sure we have. So that's Category 3, Great American Songbook. Category number 4 is Bebop Tunes okay? Bebop tunes. Um, These are, again, 1940s tunes. They're Charlie Parker compositions, Dizzy Gillespie compositions um, primarily are what these tunes are, uh, with some exceptions. Um, And so we're talking about tunes like Confirmation um, or tunes like Scrapple from the Apple. That would be this one. Right. But then there's like Moose the Mooch, there's um, Anthropology, and by the way, um, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone with like the, rhythms, the Rhythm Changes category and Bebop, because Charlie Parker wrote a lot of Bebop heads over top of Rhythm Changes, so Anthropology is one that I just um, mentioned, right? So that's one that you could learn there. Um, is anthropology you get the rhythm changes and you'll get a bebop head out of it of course there's like donna lee and if you're familiar with any of these tunes you know kind of the elephant in the room here is that bebop heads are not the easiest to learn and they're they're a lot more difficult to memorize because essentially the style of bebop you know the melodies are very angular it's its own language Um, it's basically kind of like they like charlie parker was taking a solo and then he just was like that's the melody right except for there's a lot of theme and variation in them right there's actual like an a section and a b section that kind of a thing so they're kind of tricky to learn but also the double whammy there is that when you're learning a bebop head you're going to get better at playing jazz solos at playing bebop solos right just because that's what they are they're basically just um Packaged up solos is what I, what I, the way I like to think of them. So, you know, for example, if, if you're like, Hey, like, I know that I should be learning jazz solos by ear to learn more jazz language, to get better at soloing. Um, well, you can actually do two things at once, right? You could be like, Well, let's learn a bebop head. And that essentially kind of kills two birds with one stone as well. So, it, technically, if you wanted, you could go, Hey, let's learn a rhythm changes bebop head. So now we know a rhythm changes head. Now we know a bebop tune. And now I also learned some legitimate bebop jazz language. Right. And so you just killed three birds with one stone. So that's, um, that's one way you can go about doing some of these, these tunes. And, um, and and there's also blues bebop heads as well. Like there's Cheryl, Cheryl is a bebop head. Um, there's, well, there's blues for Alice is a ble- bebop head. And now that's what we call a bird blues. Bird blues are a little bit different. So the changes are still based off of the one, four, five, but you know, it's one and then two, five to the relative minor and a two, five to the four chord back to the one. So it's a little bit different, but it's good to know at least one bird blues as well. Um, I mentioned Scrapple. Scrapple is actually the one we're learning in the inner circle this month, the month of of March, twenty twenty-three. So it's good to learn bebop tunes. You need to know some of them, and again, we'll go back to like the rule of five. Like, just know at least five bebop heads, and that will get you in at least in a good place, right? So that's that's bebop. That's category number four. Bebop. Category number five is modal. So there's a whole style of jazz, of course, um, very much so pioneered in a sense by Miles Davis called modal. And so modal basically means that they're based on the modes of the major scale versus like a chord progression or versus a key center, a tonal center. Right. So oftentimes, like, for example, we have so what, which is this one. That's basically like D minor or D Dorian, right? So that's the modal side of it. And then it goes to E, E flat rather, E flat. So it's really just two chords, D minor 7 and E flat minor 7, right? The whole time. And so there are other tunes as well. Impressions is essentially another head you can play off of the same changes. That one's by John Coltrane. But then there's other tunes that kind of bounced off the back of that, like fee 5 Fo fum which combines non-functional modal harmony with also functional harmony. Or Beatrice by Sam Rivers is another one where it kind of has both in it. It kind of has modal harmony and functional harmony mixed in with it so knowing some of um there's like the, the milestones by not the bebop one but by miles davis that's another modal tune so knowing some modal tunes is also a good idea um i hesitate to say like learn five of them like maybe you don't need to learn maybe you just need to learn three of them but again five could be a good number just to be like hey i know five modal tunes right so obviously the obvious ones to learn are like impressions and so what because those are like very common modal tunes that you would want to know how to play so or milestones would also be another one Um, again there's two milestones by the way if you haven't figured that out yet there's milestones the bebop version which i think is is really cool It's i would say it's my favorite milestones but they're completely different and then there's the milestones that's uh the modal tune by by miles davis so modal is another important category to every once in a while learn a tune from so that's category number five modal category number six is bossa nova's okay category number six is bassa nova's this is one of those categories where um, we have a genre that from outside of, of the United States, right, that merged in with jazz and became an important part of the repertoire of jazz standards. So, bossa nova um, obviously comes from Brazil. And so, there's this real marriage of jazz and Brazilian music. And, bossa nova, I would say, of those of those styles is the one that you really want to pay attention to, right? Because as far as just playing with other people, knowing how to play songs like, um, let's say, uh, corcovado. beautiful tune by the way you got wave wave is another one of course there's um the girl from ipanema the girl from ipanema i feel like is just one that you have to know um even if you don't play jazz if you just play weddings or or anything like the girl from ipanema is just one of those universally known tunes um and it's not easy tune by the way the bridge is not easy at all um i think i have a youtube video from a long time ago i did right where i explained that um We also do a study of that in our Jazz Standards Playbook Volume 2, which is, uh, again, also in our Inner Circle membership, if you're interested in checking that out. Um, Anyways, bossa nova, Antonio Carlos Jobim, he's the main composer, um, not exclusively, but obviously a lot of the popular bossa nova tunes um, that have become jazz standards are from him. So that's a great resource just to go, okay, I need to learn some more Bossa Novas. Let's take a look at Antonio Carlos Jobim's um, you know, repertoire, his compositions and pick one and and go with it. Triste. Triste is another good one to, to know. So bossa novas, definitely a must. And You know, even if it's not that you're going to become an expert bossa nova player, it's just the idea that you know some of those tunes because they're going to be called on gigs or jam sessions. So uh, guitar players, piano players worry about the comping pattern sometimes. Right? Now, the comping pattern I'm playing is a super basic like, um, Boston over comping pattern. But if you really listen to like Zhao Gilberto or any of those guitar players, um, then you're going to hear like, they're playing a lot more things than just that. Like they have there's this basic rhythm underneath it all, but they're playing all around that. And so I don't necessarily think if you're one of those comping instruments that, the goal is you have to master bossa nova because there that's why there are experts in bossa nova right <laughs> but you definitely want to be able to get by on the tunes with some competency and so having again five bossa novas is a, just a good number to just kind of throw out there would be a good idea to have some of those in your arsenal okay so that is category number six which is bossa nova's category number seven is ballads okay ballads is category number seven and ballads again are i think they're they're one of those things that i think makes jazz such an important um an important genre is is just being known for how amazing the ballads are right um sure talk about talk about the 80s love ballads talk about pop ballads I'm sure all good, but when we're talking about jazz ballads, to me, um, none of them hold a candle. Right? It's just jazz ballads are the best ballads in my humble opinion, and definitely you need to know ballads because they're definitely part of a set when you're playing jazz. You're always going to play a ballad, but you'll notice though, you know, if you were to ever play a gig, you know, you're not really going to play like you might play one ballad per set. You know, you won't play. You're not going to play usually more than one ballad unless it's just that kind of a gig. Um, now, maybe you do it if it's like very much so a background music gig, and that's kind of the MO. So then, in that case, you play more ballads at once. But still, ballads are going to be really important. So, for example. that's polka dots and moonbeams um darn that dream right that's a great ballad misty is a good ballad to learn um the nearness of you is a good ballad to learn and really there are countless numbers so i actually did play corcovado which was a bossa nova, but that's also considered a ballad. So again, you can kill two birds with one stone. Sometimes with this whole thing, um, Skylark is another great ballad. Um, there are just there. There's so many good ballads, honestly, um, to learn that it's almost you know it's it's almost endless how many great ballads there are in jazz to learn. And so for me, ballads is one of those things where once again, definitely have five solid ballads like five solid ballads but even even i would i would i would venture to say like obviously when i say five that's a good starting place um like if you had five of all these categories except for a great american songbook because that one you need to know a little bit more of if you had five of all these categories you'd be in a pretty good place honestly but you'll find that yeah eventually someone's going to call a ballad that you're like oh i don't know that one i should learn that so you're going to want to continue adding to this repertoire but You know, at least if you have five ballads, you should be good. So let's review the seven categories. We have the blues as category number one. Category number two is rhythm changes. Number three is great American songbook. Number four is bebop number five is modal tunes, number six is bossa novas, and number seven is ballads. So my call to action for you this week is to look into your own repertoire and kind of organize them a bit and say, how many of each category do I know and where do I need to fill in the gap to start learning more tunes? All right, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate you. Hope to take action on today's episode. By the way, if you need help taking action, then honestly, the uh, I can't even think of a better solution is to check out our Inner Circle membership because like literally that's what we do is we learn one new jazz standard a month and at this point too we just have a great library of tunes to learn uh, including 20 essential ones in our jazz standards playbooks all available to our members Um, but most of all it's an attainable goal to learn one new jazz standard a month and to have all the tools that you need to learn it and to succeed and to start improving your jazz playing You know, even in just 30 days and not while practicing practicing mindless, endless hours and not while doing it alone, because there's a community of over a thousand eight hundred at this point and growing members who are playing a bunch of different instruments and learning from each other and posting in our community, sharing recordings and, you know, just improving exponentially as a result of that. And so I want you to get a taste and come join and check it out at ljsinnercircle.com or just find the link in the the description um, of the show on whatever podcast player you're listening to this on or in the show notes on our website. We'd love to have you come join us and uh, we'd love to help you succeed in your jazz journey. So we'll be coming out with another great episode of the podcast next week. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll see you back then. Cheers and happy practicing.